If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. You've heard them on this podcast, now see them live. Our pals and local metal band Book of Ghosts are performing on Saturday, April 29th at the Bulldog Event Center. Also on the bill are Votov and Evil Peace, Doors at 8, Bands at 9, $10 tickets to this all-ages show. Again, that's Book of Ghosts on Saturday, April 29th at the Bulldog Event Center, 1364 Main Street. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Hey, welcome to Witch Please Radio. Uh, one of the cool things that I, I tried to do as, as a bit of a change from the podcast, because it's been a one-on-one or one-on-band sort of, uh, you know, podcast for a long time now. And a few years ago, sort of at the beginning of the pandemic, I tried something called Quick Hits, which I only did for one year. I, I've been thinking about bringing it back, but it was the, an idea of reaching out to kind of new up-and-coming artists and talk to them for 10 minutes, put a song in there, and then do four different artists per episode. And it was kind of a cool way to get introduced to new stuff. And sort of what I was hoping would happen through the Quick Hits uh, project was that um, some of those people who I interviewed would would continue on, do bigger, better things, and then come back on a, a regular episode of the podcast. And that's kind of what's happened here. So my guest on this episode is someone who I first heard of, I guess, the year I did the Quick Hits shows. And we had a quick conversation. Um... Back when you were just kind of first starting out, I guess. Um, and now, you know, things have changed. You, you got an EP out. There's a lot of uh, a lot, lot of action happening. But I think the best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is you do as an artist. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, if you talk about, you know, me as uh, as a, a baby little musician. I, I still feel like a baby, but I, maybe I'm like a bit more of a grown-up now that I have a debut EP. So, Hi everyone to uh, the, all of you who are listening. My name is Shay Wolf. I am a singer-songwriter. Um, my music has kind of been described as having, you know, haunting vocals. And through my music, and especially in my EP Stay that I released to beginning of March, I really explored kind of hope and dreams and kind of the heartache of, you know, maybe not having them. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Cool. And, and I, I'm sure you're sick of it. I'm sick of talking about the pandemic. I don't want to talk too much about it. But you're kind of releasing this sort of right as things have opened up a little bit more. I mean, it's been about a year or so now where, where shows are happening and, and people are going out more. Was this something that you'd been working on sort of throughout that, that time of lockdown? Or is it something you just started putting together a- after things kind of uh, the world opened a bit? The songs were kind of a compilation between, uh, you know, the years kind of, um, leading up to the lockdown and then kind of throughout. Um, and it wasn't really a, something I could really kind of make it come to fruition until um, after the lockdown. So it's probably a year later than maybe I would have liked it. But 
I'm kind of somebody that likes to think of things happening on time, perfectly on time. So uh, that's how I like to think of it. But when it comes to, you know, playing shows and touring or, you know, one of my goals is to, you know, further establish myself as an artist in the Winnipeg scene in Manitoba, those kinds of things obviously were hugely affected by the pandemic. Um, but that's okay. Well, just one more, one more question on the pandemic, because I, like, I, like I said, no one wants to hear about it anymore. Everyone's kind of hoping that it's over, you know, going forward. But what was it like? I mean, as you described yourself as a baby artist, what was it like sort of launching a, career, a music career in this time when, when the music industry, the local music scene, everything kind of as everyone knew it was 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 dormant? I mean, there must have been a strange time to uh, kind of put yourself out there and, and start releasing some singles and things like that. Totally. You know what? I as an artist, and, and I'm sure like a ton of art, other artists feel this way, but I, I, for one, get got really kind of swept up in my own mind and in my own feelings of like limitations or fears. Um, so the pandemic was not a great time, you know, in terms of that. Um, but I, I don't know, I, it really allowed me to work through things and work through my songs and um, develop myself. And I, you know, still love to focus on development as, you know, a musician, um, and, and, and kind of see that two sides of being a musician and creating and then, okay, how am I going to make this sustainable for me? Well, yeah, that's kind of the, um, the issue a lot of people are finding themselves dealing with because we're in this, this this weird dystopian future now where everyone can kind of put their music out online and, and you can make it available to anyone around the world at the click of a button. But the way that everyone's sort of doing it all on their own is there's so much more of kind of the marketing side of things and promoting yourself and all of this business stuff that that, that is kind of um, comes with being an artist now. It's not just, you can't just focus on making great songs because you need to find a way to get those great songs heard by you know, above the 10 million other people who are doing the same thing. I know it's, you know, and, and if you're not an artist, you might not think about it, you know, it's like, oh, you're like, you're a musician, you get to like create music and do all this stuff. But, you know, behind the scenes, you really do like, if you don't think of yourself as a music, you're either or as a business and you're a musician, you're either lucky, or, you know, or you're really hustling to like, you know, create content and be active on social media at the same time though i think about like the difficulties of music just distribution back in the day and it there's there's two sides of that coin i think like you know if if you're not represent like it's easier for indie artists or more niche artists smaller artists to maybe you know get heard by for other people you know around the world to listen to you so i don't know it's it's give and take although it would be nicer to have some more um uh, what's the word like have have like a union for music that kind of protects artists too but yeah because it's, it's such a it's like the wild west right i mean it's but navigating kind of the streaming uh services and, and the, the the tiny amount of royalties people get from that and and figuring all those things out yeah it's it's a t- totally a new frontier for a lot of people i think totally like creativity in your craft isn't kind of where it ends when you you know when you want to be a musician you kind of have to get creative in other ways too so yeah for sure for sure so what is uh, i mean i know you just released this uh about a month ago what has the reception been so far to the ep now that now that it's out in the world and people are hearing it really nice you know it's it's so humbling when 
people say, you know, like this, like brought me to like, if somebody says that, you know, one of my songs brought them to tears, I'm like, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I just, it really, uh, it touches me and it, uh, I, I, it just, it feels so good to know that there's a place in this world for people to connect uh, to maybe some of the experiences or the emotions that I demonstrate in in some of the songs, and it's been it's been really good. Yeah. When I mean, you're when you're if it, if it is it hasn't been, then people <laughs> told me. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you're hearing the good stuff and not the negative. If, if there is any negative stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but does does writing about things that 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 evoke those kind of emotions? I mean, obviously, no one's going to say it brought them to tears if the songs themselves don't have that emotion kind of built into them. Is it cathartic for you to 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 sing about some of this stuff to to deal with, uh, you know, obviously very serious feelings and thoughts and things in these songs and actually to like to sing them? Is it does it is it kind of a way of getting things off your chest of getting getting emotions out that maybe you wouldn't have an outlet for otherwise? Absolutely, you know, like um, I. I, I grew up pl- playing classical piano, but before that I was singing, you know, and and I'm sure a lot of people sing whether they admit it to others or not. I think everyone does, yeah. But, yeah, right? I think I think so. I'm, I'm always like a huge advocate. I'm like, you can sing. And everyone's like, no, I can't. <laughs> They're so afraid. Anyway, um, singing for me has always been like a, a world where I'm just like, completely present um and like brings me so much peace so writing songs that sometimes i'm not even aware i'm I'm working through something that has happened to me um it's incredibly cathartic and um but that's not to say that all of my songs are based on my own experiences however um especially now I'm, i'm starting to think about myself as an artist and how I, I I think I bring all of my past experiences, you know, to that moment, uh, whether I'm conscious of them or not. So yeah, it is. And sometimes, sometimes it's only years later and I'm like, Oh, that's like that's what I was talking about in that song. <laughs> well, I guess once once it's out there too, right? It, it's out of your hands. Like you you've made it and you put it out, and then the way it affects listeners is going to be kind of up to them and up to what they hear in it and what they how they interpret what you're saying and what you're playing and everything. So yeah, it's it's kind of um you don't have any control at that point. Yeah, and you know what? I used to. I remember like planning out live shows and being like, do I like should I even tell the story about like you know, how this song came to be. And I do because I think, you know, people are there. It's, it's a, you know, cool moment that they can, they can kind of connect with. Yeah. But I love hearing people's interpretations of my songs. Like, oh, like, this is what it's about. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, not really, but (laughs) sure. (laughs) You know, like, uh, we all have our unique um, perspective. Does that kind of thing ever make you kind of reflect back on what you wrote in the first place and give you sort of a new perspective on on what you were saying or what emotions you were putting out there or what feeling was coming from the song? Absolutely. You know, like I've I've kind of always I kind of disagree with the fact that music is a universal language. Okay. Um, only because there's different cultures, there's different ways of communicating. But if people can take uh like can kind of apply a song to themselves and it the wider that kind of lens and they can apply it even though that wasn't the original purpose the more people that can do that for me it's just it, it's great like if it resonates with more people then i love it yeah yeah that, well i think that it's an interesting statement that not agreeing with music is universal language because i think that yeah that's a pretty broad thing to say right i mean and there are within cultures and even even city to city community community family to family people are going to have different experiences and their connection to music is going to be different depending on how they were brought up or what 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 you know yeah what culture they grew up in and everything so yeah for sure it has there's a sameness in the way that people the music can affect people but for sure everyone's everyone's link to it is different yeah yeah i mean and we're you know we're used to and i have like we we know western music a lot of us 
Um, but there's just there's just so much out there. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and now you can find everything too, right? Like, I mean, it's one of the kind of the benefits of, of the world being connected online is because you can you can find a record someone made in their bedroom in, in some country halfway across the world in a style that you'd never even knew existed. And uh, it's yeah. just the trick is just finding it, right? The trick is going yeah. digging through everything else that's out there and and finding those gems. Totally. That actually reminds me, have you ever seen the documentary uh, Finding Sugar Man? Yes, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just like, I don't know, just reminds me of that. And I love it. I don't want to ruin it. it for, <laughs> yeah, people like, haven't I, seen I, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a decade at least old. It. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're spoiling anything. But no, I know what you mean for sure. It's finding those kind of uh, hidden gems that, 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 that should have been huge, but for whatever reason, they just have to get stumbled upon years later and, and, and turn out to be great. Totally. And, you know, going back to our earlier topic, the op- like, say you stumble upon something uh, of an artist that lives in, I don't know, Dubai. Yeah. Like, you can connect with them now on social media. Like, that connection to artists is pretty dang cool. And, you know, it's shouldn't be uh, under understated. Yeah. Well, and not only can you connect with them, but you can potentially, you know, record something with them online 100%. and collaborate with them when, when you've never met in real life and maybe never will meet in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah, it could happen, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have, I'm not sure if I asked you this when we did the quick hits, um, but do you have kind of an idea of where you fit in within the local music scene at this point? Like now that you're kind of more established, you have this EP out, you're playing shows. I mean, Winnipeg is, you know, obviously has a great vibrant music community, but there's also lots of little micro scenes and, and certain venues that appeal to certain styles and things like that. Have you kind of placed yourself, um, within, within that yet? I don't think so. Are you happy about that? Like, is that, is that a good thing for you to be kind of nebulous? I I use that word way too much, but I really like it. Like you can float between all the different, uh, styles. No, actually I want Like one of the things that I would love is to, like to really just feel at home in, in certain spaces. Um, but I don't think it's happened for me yet, which, which, you know what, like, as I, I, I say, like, as an early artist, I'm, I'm really, I have, I have goals that I'm trying to work towards. Um, but I'm also really trying to, uh, enjoy the, the journey, you yeah. know, like, um, I, I play a, a song, um, in, my live shows, uh, it's thank you by Alanis Morissette. And when I was looking into the song, she said, you know, she, with Jagged Little Pill, she reached this like mega success that a lot of artists dream of, um, you know, people know her internationally, everything, but she looked around and she was like, what, like, what, like, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like this success. It maybe wasn't success to her. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, so I'm, I don't have a, I wouldn't say I can place myself in the Winnipeg scene, but I'm trying to enjoy the journey uh, to get where I want to go. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's totally fair. Yeah.
have, um, I mean, Alanis Morissette's an interesting reference point. What do you think, um, how, how do you define what you do? I mean, what, what are you inspired by as far as, uh, you know, other musicians? What, who, who kind of put you on this path of making your own music? Anybody who's, uh, whose voice really, like, carries their music, um, I, I'm inspired by. So, you know, a ton of singer-songwriters. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin always comes to mind. And, you know, I'm always hesitant to say, like, big names because I just, you know, I, I would be so lucky to be, you know, considered in the same category. Sure. Uh, but, you know, Sarah McLaughlin, Joni Mitchell, um, you know, more pop artists, maybe like Adele. Um, there's an artist I've been following for a while who like has, you know, reached a huge level of fame um, named Dermot Kennedy. I don't know okay. if you... I, I'm not sure um, if I know just, that is no, but... Yeah, he's just got like a really unique voice. Um, and he really struck me because he kind of toes the line between pop, indie, and folk. And he, he did. And now he's a bit more pop, but um, I've appreciated like watching his journey. Um, but then, you know, on the same line, I'm inspired by a lot of local musicians in the Winnipeg scene that I see, um, you know, making a name for themselves and touring uh, North America and and uh, kind of putting Winnipeg on the map. And um, I think it's great. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Winnipeg, it's it's so diverse too. the amount the different types of music and and creative stuff that's coming out of the city. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's incredibly inspiring. So, um, you know, let's let's catch up uh, in another episode, and then I'll tell you where I where I find myself in the Winnipeg scene. Sure, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. Once <laughs> once you once you figured that out, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we can catch up. So, uh, one of the things you mentioned right off, off the top, and this is something that I definitely agree with uh, upon hearing your stuff, is that you have you have a unique voice. I think you said haunting. I think that's what you said. It's been described as, and I think that's it's pretty accurate. Like it's very kind of like what you just said. The voice stands out, and it, it's something that kind of draws you in to the music. Is that I mean, obviously, you know, if, if, you, if you, I don't know if you consider yourself a singer songwriter, I would, I would put you in that category. Um, at, le- at least most of the, most of the stuff I've heard. Um, but yeah. what person, like, where do you kind of juggle the, the songwriting part and then the singing part? Because you have that kind of, uh, unique voice that's going to appeal to people just upon hearing it. Oh, what is this? You know, you're already kind of drawing them in with that. H- how much importance do you put on, on, on lyrics and on storytelling and that side of things? Uh, once you've kind of drawn them in with a, a different voice it's a it's a you know a lot of things in my life i describe as a balancing act and so that question is a huge balance um you know in the creation of the songs um a lot of times i i write melody first okay um and yeah i i think my voice if, I don't know when I when I talk about myself like this, like my voice, I feel like it's it sounds so like I don't know uh, presumptuous. But anyway, that's part um, of marketing yourself, though, too, right? That's this part of this whole this whole idea of of putting yourself out there. Yeah, 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 true. Um, but like, not only does singing make me the happiest, um, but I think my voice is differentiates my music from somebody else. Um, that being said the creativity of songwriting and this this complexity that I have in my brain um, and really conveying how I see the world and, you know, a point that I want to make in a song really happens in the songwriting. Right now, in at this point in time, I'm dedicating more time to uh, songwriting. Um, but at the same time, 
I see myself as a vocalist and strength, like expanding my range and strengthening my range are like, are hugely important to me as well. Okay. Okay.
where where can people find your music at this point? I mean, I know the EPs just come out uh, at the time we're recording this uh, a month ago, but uh, the good thing about this being a podcast is someone could hear it the day it comes out or they could hear it a year from now or three years from now, whatever. And by then you could have new music out. You could have, you know, shows, tours, who knows, right? So what's the best way to A, hear your music and B, find out what you're up to as far as live performances and things like that? So my music is everywhere. Uh, so Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Bandcamp, Tidal, whatever you use, right. uh, it's likely on there. You can search for Shay Wolf. That's S-H-A-Y, Wolf as in Aou. Um, and my, I'm mainly on Instagram. I do have a TikTok as well. And that's Shay Wolf. <laughs> The bunch of wise, three wise wolf. Yeah. What is the significance of the name? So because you weren't Shea Wolf when I talked to you the first time. Yeah. So my real name is Trista, and uh, I've just grown up my whole life being like, "Oh, hi," you know, like, "Nice to meet you, Krista." Nice to meet you, Kristen. And I'm like, you know, like, you know, whatever. So I was just like, you know what? On on the stage, I want. I want somebody to be able to hear my name, um, but being a singer-songwriter, I feel like you know if, if I go under a moniker, I, I still want it to feel really like authentic to yeah. me, um, because you know I'm really open and honest and vulnerable in my music, and I still want to be I still want to be me, you know. Uh, so my middle name is Shaylin, okay. so Shay, and my mom's maiden name is Wolf, so Shay Wolf. So it is kind of your name anyway <laughs> it, it, it works yeah. as a stage name but also yeah yeah very cool yeah yeah has that i mean i know you hadn't really released much um before you switched to that name is that was that ever caused any problems or are people just sort of uh being introduced to you as shea wolf and and not even realizing you had stuff uh previous to that you know the uh no no it's it's mainly been fine it's just like been my you know my longtime friend fans or friends being like calling me by my old kind of name or like when I when I kind of first started releasing music and went under Shea Wolf, they're like, when are you going to have merch? Like, you know, we want to buy things. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm working on releasing things like, you know, merch will be come after. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a I think that's a good problem to have. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. People want to buy merch <laughs> yeah. before you yeah. even have it. That's definitely a, a good issue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> 